with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. On his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. All right, it's going down tonight. I have Sean McKean and Wade O'Neill in the studio. You guys have heard them on several shows before. We've been getting a lot of questions from you guys. So we wanted to start taking uh, these questions for this show. If you do have a question and you call in and you miss us, you can also email us at uh, the whosoevers. Just go ahead and hit us up on uh, the whosoevers Instagram and send your questions in. You can even uh, send video questions in. However you want to do it, you can email us, Instagram, video, texting, whatever you want to do. We'll line up your questions and we'll take them in shows like this. Or you could call in uh, live shows and basically uh, ask your questions. Either way, we want to get to all of them because every question is a good question. You know, there's a lot of times, you guys, when we go to church that, uh, you know, basically when you do go to church, the, the pastor's duty is to just teach you the Bible. And sometimes through the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, God will uh, answer those questions that you have on your mind. But then there's also uh, times when if you're like me or you guys, yeah. you guys have kids, it's it's hard to set up counseling appointments to come in and, and meet with the pastors because there's so many things going on. So we would love to take your questions here yeah. online so you could just send them in and we can answer them through that format or just go into a church and uh, ask those questions. So... We're going to just dig into it. I do uh, want to plug, before we get going with the show, this radio show is is on to disciple people. It's the Jesus 101. Take questions and answers. Give rad interviews with rad people talking about what God has done in their life, how they found God, and what God's doing in and through their life to inspire uh, you guys. Because... There's different formats of, of, of following Christ. Number one, we're supposed to be a witness for Christ. But we're also supposed to live our life as Christians in the world. And God has called us all to different um, callings. Some are called to, uh, to the workplace. And that means it could be in the music industry. It could be skate industry. It could be, you could be a lawyer. You could be a doctor. You could be the president of the United States. I mean, it's wide. Or you could, uh, God could lay on your heart to actually... Um, run a business for profit, but it actually helps fund uh, nonprofits or different things that are doing awesome things around the world. Like, you know, there's nonprofits that create wells for water in places that have, don't have good water in third world right. countries. Then there's other nonprofits that go and feed the poor. And then there's other nonprofits that, you know, create shoes. I mean, there's so many different things or help technology in the city or whatever it is. So then there's other people that want to, uh, uh, be pastors or teachers or evangelists or counselors or, you know, you know, help with operations or IT and church format. There's so many different things. And this is why this show exists is because we want to speak life into all aspects of, of culture. This isn't just about a, a church. This isn't just about uh, the whosoever's movement, about hitting high schools, which we do. This is about inspiring people around the world to find the call of God hmm. And to live that life that they were created for, that life that God put you on planet Earth for. And it doesn't happen unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and that you're in tune with the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's that simple. So that's what's up. And that's why we're here. And this is why the show exists. Um, If you do want to find out more about the Whosoever's, uh, go to thewhosoever's.com. 
And that's where you can actually get the past radio shows on our website, on our app, The Whosoever's. It's a free download. Uh, we do have products that when you purchase our products, it funds our movement to continue to bring the gospel to the public school system. And I, I, I was talking about this quote earlier today is that there is no church without the gospel being present. Uh, uh, pr- uh, I can't even think of the word. Preached. Preached. <laughs> there is no church unless the gospel is being preached. So it is important for us to preach the gospel so we could uh, create the church and then we could disciple them and then send them back out. That's how it all works. So we're going to just uh, start taking questions today, and I'm going to give it over to Lucas. All right, guys. First question. Why did God send his son to die for our sins instead of coming himself? I'm going to give that to Wade because he's new on the show. Um, I think if you address this question for what it's being asked, why did God send his son to die for our sins instead of coming himself, I think we already, the person who's um, asking this question already understands there was an issue with sin, and our sin had to be atoned for, it had to be paid for, we we have no right or inheritance into uh, the presence of God um, apart from the atoning work of Christ on the cross. Uh, but the specific question, why did God send his son to die for our sins instead of coming himself, I think you've got to understand that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.19 that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That We have to understand that God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are co-equal, co-eternal. They mm-hmm. possess all the same characteristics. They, they possess all the same uh, traits. So the wor- but they all have specific uh, works. The work of Christ was to reconcile the world um, back to himself. So um, God did send his son, his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. That was the work of Christ, and that was his mission here on earth. Yeah, I think that the mystery of the Trinity is what the Bible speaks about, right, in the Old and the New Testament. Um, I think one of the I think interesting uh, facts that you could look at this is the the true example that there must be sacrifice. It's a demonstration of sacrifice and the sacrifice of um, his son, Christ. When you go to Genesis chapter 22, like Pat Raw was teaching about that recently, and you see that picture of Abraham and his, his son that he loves so much and going up to that Mount Mor- Moriah, it was such an important lesson that you see that Abraham loved his son so much and he was going to be taken to a place to lay down all um, to demonstrate faith and love in the Lord. And I think that the picture of Christ dying for our sins, you know, when, when it talks about that part in, in uh, Genesis chapter 22, it's the first time love is mentioned. And that love is addressed between a father and a son. I think all of us can attest, if you have children, how great your children mean, what, how much your children mean to you. They mean the world to you. And for God the Father to send His only begotten Son, it demonstrates love, sacrifice. When you look at the John 3.16, where it says, For God so loved the world, He gave, He put His love into action. A lot of people can speak that they love you, but if they don't back it up in action, it's of no value. So I think that the, the easiest way to look at that is that it's a demonstration of sacrifice, and it's a truest demonstration of God's great love for us. I think in Christ you have God expressing himself to the world 
Right? The Bible says that God is spirit, and God took on human form to express his love to the world. The Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Mm-hmm. So he came to this world to express what God is like, the highest form of love, to lay down his life so relationship could be had uh, for eternity. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Jesus told Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm-hmm. So he is God in uh, the Word became flesh. And that's that. All right, wrap. Awesome. Cool. Next question. All right, how do we know if God is real, and how do you know if his Spirit is by your side? How do we know if God's real and if the Spirit is by your side? Well, how do you know God's real is you have to, first of all, you have to repent of your sins, which the first question was talking about uh, sin and asking for forgiveness. Once you repent of your sins, God forgives you. And then when you ask him in your heart, you ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And what will happen is um, it talks about back in John 3, it talks about uh, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit is like the wind. You know, you don't see the, the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is when you give your life to Christ, there will be uh, a change. You, some people, when they give their life to Christ, they have like this heaviness from like guilt and, mm-hmm. and like the sin. So I'll just break down sin, like guilt and shame and from the sins that they've committed or, or anger or bitterness or, you know, there's, they're cussing all the time and they just resentment, all this stuff in their life or addiction. What happens is when you give your life to Christ and you repent of your sins, truly when you give your life to God and you mean it, not just lip service, <laughs> like James says, like the double-minded man, but I'm talking about like true repentance where you just turn from your sins and you go from like one, one direction from running from God to running to God. <laughs> what happens from there is then God will fill you with the Holy Spirit and there will be um, between that transaction of him asking for repentance and then him filling you with the Holy Spirit, there will be a change. Some people say, say they, they feel like they're light all of a sudden. Some feel like they feel clean. They feel forgiven. They encounter love. There's, there's no uh, certain thing that you will know for sure because there's different effects of the Holy Spirit um, when people encounter him. Uh, I didn't feel anything when I first gave my, when I repented of my sins and gave my life to God. I read the Bible, nothing happened. But the next day when I woke up, I read the Bible for six hours straight, the living word of God. And then I, then I felt peace for the first time in my life. Then the next day I woke up and I heard the song singing through my head. This is the day the Lord has made. You know, what was the encounter for you when you... Uh, I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, the way I felt yeah. is like I felt like a child. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. And what I mean by a child, because my life was horrible at the time, the stress and the bondage that you were talking about. Yeah. I was in a good place, and I felt like this burden lifted off of me so heavy. That heaviness, that and burden. I felt yeah. like a child. Like, when I say childlike um, happiness or faith, it's like... Kind of like the joy. thought of like the joy of like hanging out, you know, playing sports with your brother, like things where life was easy. It yeah. just took me back, even though I was in a place of court proceedings and all that kind of stuff at yeah. that time. I just felt free, yeah. and I think that that's where you know the scripture says you must come to the Jesus as a little child. It is it is of, of trust. It is like with nothing hindering you from believing in who God is. I'm gonna go to you two, Wade, in a second, but uh, Christian Asoy, you know, he's a pro skater. He's been on the show a few times. He was in jail, locked up, and about mm-hmm. to do like I don't know, mass amount of times for transporting crystal meth from like Hawaii to California, and that's a huge thing. And he was going to do years and years and years, 
And he said he ended up hearing the gospel, gave his life mm-hmm. to Jesus Christ. And he says in that cell, after he repented and gave his life to Jesus, he said he felt more free than he ever has mm-hmm. in his life. Yeah. And he was locked up and going to do like, I don't know, 30 years or something yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. So what about you? I think like the person who asked this question, okay. how do we know if God is real and how do we know that if his spirit is by our side? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're asking this question, be assured that you know his spirit is at work. He's revealing your need uh, for a Savior to you. The Bible says when the Spirit comes, He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Mm -hmm. And so if we're in a place where we're realizing, is God real? We're questioning these things. That's the Holy Spirit (coughs) prompting your heart to seek Him out and to ask those questions. For me, um, my salvation experience was different in in regards to the, the feeling of freedom. I knew that my eternity was secure in Christ when I gave my life to Him. I had the assurance and the peace to know that if I was to die today, I would be in the presence of the Lord. But there was this period of, of months of the Lord and the Spirit of God just really working upon my life, revealing things in my life that weren't pleasing to Him, and um, just this process of sanctification early on in my walk with the Lord. So um, I, I didn't have the experience. My chains are gone. I've been set free. But it was the experience of like the pressing of the Holy Spirit upon my life for many, many months, really challenging me to make uh, difficult decisions in my life and trust in his in his word to do that and what i think what you're saying as well is what, the sanctification is like the process of god purifying or transforming your life but through the work of the holy spirit as in through like the wind you don't see the wind but you see the effects of it that starts happening in yeah. your life and that's how you know that god is changing your life because we've talked about it before in other shows where you start getting those stop signs you know or promptings yeah. of the holy spirit if you will that you something that you would normally um do yeah You'd be like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to buy a bag of weed right now. <laughs> Some, yeah. Something's just telling yeah. me. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's how you know God's in your life. Those stop signs mm-hmm. or something that you would normally like lie about. Mm-hmm. You lie and all of a sudden you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Conviction's good because it's those stop signs going, yeah. hey, you have, a, you have the Holy Spirit in you now. Yeah. You're God's child and we, we're not going to roll like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because... God teaches you. Mm-hmm. He's the teacher. He's the come alongside. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you. He teaches yeah. you how to walk. And it's like uh, it's like going to school, you know? The, the Holy Spirit's teaching you how to walk with Him, what it, what it looks like. So, um, yeah, that's how you know that, that God is real. It's the work of the, the Holy Spirit around your life. And there's that verse that says, faith comes from, faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So... As you press into the Bible and you read and you pray, that's where the faith will increase. Is by you can't just go, Jesus, give me, <laughs> Jesus, forgive me for my sins and and come into my life. And then you're like, cool, I'm saved, yeah. dude. There's gonna be no transformation. You go go right back to the way you used to live your life. Yeah, I, I think that also like one thing that maybe this question is um, speaking into too is like to the atheists that how, how do you can you prove that God exists? I think that that's one of the big things. And we're living in a culture today that's trying to take God out of every equation. And he's like, well, how can you prove it? Have you seen God? You know, those are questions that people want to say. There's a lot of people that can be very cynical, be very critical of who God is and mock the Christian faith and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you just, I think one of the main things, the Bible keeps it really simple. You know, the Bible never tries to prove that God exists. The Bible just teaches as a matter of fact. The Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I think one of the things you have to look at is as you look at creation. 
You know, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. I mean, you can go out into the mountains and you look at the sky, go high, and you see all the stars that are in the sky. Amazing. You can go down into the ocean, whether you, sw- you swim in the ocean, whether you surf in the ocean, whether you take boats into the ocean. You see how vast and how deep the ocean is. You see the creation as a whole. If you've been able to tra- travel the world, um, all of these different civilizations, you see the human body, the way that it is put together, the, just the eye socket itself. You see that in our world today where computers are a huge thing and technology is ever-growing, but when you look at the birth of computers, it was all linked to the creation of man. Mm-hmm. It is just mimicking what man is already able to do, to attain information, to discern and answer. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the vastness of who God is, I believe, is so all around us. But Satan wants to blind us and make us think that there is no God, and what you see is what you get. But you will go through moments in your life where you will question that. You'll be like, there has to be something more in life than just getting high or getting drunk or being successful and having a lot of money and, and having these like peaks in, in life. And I think that there are many stories in times past that attest to that as well. People that have uh, got it, gotten a lot of um, status but still feel empty. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says the reason for that is that God has written eternity in the hearts of men. Ever since you were a young child, there were glimpses. You were like, there has to be something more in life than this. Even if you didn't know the Lord, whether you had no Christian faith in your home at all, you question. That's why death seems funny. When you lose somebody, it hurts you. You feel like, how can that be the last time I see this person here on earth? And the Bible has answers to all those questions. The Bible teaches us about sin, the fall of man, the, the penalty of death, but also the gift that is found in Christ to pay the penalty of our, our sins that when we die, we shall live. I think one of the great apologists, um, Ravi Zacharias, gave a four-point breakdown that I think is important as he talks to a lot of people that aren't believers. He says, to have a worldview, all of us have a worldview, and to understand what your worldview is, you have to ask yourself four questions. Number one, origin. Where do we come from? Uh, Two, purpose. Why are we here? Morality. Is there such thing as right and wrong? And number four, destiny. Um, If you don't believe in God, you have to come up with, now how did this world get here? You know, you got to answer your own, own questions to that. And then purpose. I think the Christian faith has the best way to answer those questions. And I, I think that when you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door will be open. And God does amazing things. It's amazing when a nation also becomes godless, the morality that becomes dark. Um, I, I'll end with this. I know I'm, I just have a lot of stuff I wanted to share on this. Um, I, we grew up loving the Beatles. Uh, I love the Beatles. The Beatles had some of the most prolific songs written of all time. And there was always this, um, there was this interview that John Lennon gave one time, like in the mid-60s, where he got a lot of slack because he had said that the Beatles had become more famous or more popular than Jesus. And he's talking from Liverpool and England and everything, places where there were revivals back in the day, you know? And at that time when they were being brought up in like the 30s and the yeah. 40s or whatever, the nation become godless. They saw no power in the gospel any longer. They saw no, no power in the word. And so when that happens, when a, a nation forgets God, that nation became godless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's important to realize that God is real. I believe his, his testimony has shown itself through world history, and his word has stood the test of time. 
When you seek him, he will be found, and his word is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and he will reveal himself to you like he revealed himself to us as well. I want to go back to how you were talking about creation. Mm-hmm. And when you look at creation from a design aspect, like the colorways and the design of, of monkeys, of animals, I mean, just look at a, a, a what's it called, a praying mantis, mm-hmm. you know, close, Look at look at a fly up close, like the eyeball mm-hmm. of a fly. Yep. Um, all these just you know random insects, right. or the the amount of birds, or you know when you start going to Africa, you start looking at these colorways and these designs of these animals and their features and stuff. Like there is a designer. You can't just say that this this that there was a bang, and then all of a sudden all this stuff came into creation. Like literally, there has to be a design, mm-hmm. a designer behind all these things. Even the colorways of the mountains, the colorways of the granite, you know, the colors of uh, even the way the trees look, and just the way the there's certain insects that actually live on these certain trees that they, their their uh, wings look like the leaves of the tree. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like, yeah, so intricate. Yeah, I mean, you can't like if you really look just into the design acts. You know, um, the design aspect of of creation. I know it sounds funny just because most people don't ever look into yeah. it because they live in a, the concrete jungle, if you right. will. So you don't see that. You see like man's creation all around you. But when you just go into nature, the way everything flows, the way the sky sets, the sun sets, the colors, they all blend. Like, you know, I'm into design. I'm into colorways. I'm into, you know, the aesthetics of things. And, dude, you see the design mm. everywhere you go. You I mean, you could just – even the way the body's designed. Dude, you get a cut in your arm – what happens from there? You get a cut in your arm, you bleed. What does the blood do? It's pushing out the infection of your arm. And then it turns into a scab and it dries and that's what protects the body from getting an infection. Mm-hmm. You bleed for a reason. That pushes out the infection. That's the way the whole body is created. It's created to heal itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, what makes us breathe every night? Why? Why? You know, God holds our breath in his hands. It's just, it's all... It's all there. Norman Geiser wrote that book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. When you look at all those points, it takes more faith to not believe in God mm-hmm. than to believe in God. The food chain. What about just how the whole food chain works? Or even the, the, the ecosystem of the right. world. You got the salt water that, that evaporates and turns into the clouds. And then the clouds go over the, the land. And then they water down. They, the rain comes down. It feeds all the, the animals mm-hmm. and the, the produce, you know, or whatever you call it, the, that we get our produce, like right. the trees and plants and all that then it goes into the rivers and it feeds back into the ocean and it's that cycle i mean yeah with an order it has complete <laughs> everything order. has complete order the sun is up a certain amount of hours you know the moon's up the whole thing so anyway i mean well then you go look at norway you know and it's, it's, it's <laughs> sorry guys over there <laughs> But Satan does so much, though, to, to deceive the mind from, like, even as Romans says, that men begin to worship the, the creation rather than the creator. You yeah. Know, he's always trying to deceive. In the heart of man, man was created as a creature. It's natural in the heart of man to worship, you yeah. know. And so we don't find, we don't, we're not going to find any lasting value unless we're worshiping our yeah. creator, unless yeah. we're living in this relationship with our creator. And we become so... We're either worshiping God or we're worshiping something else, mm-hmm. you know. So um, we can be invested in realizing the Lord and who He is through through looking at creation and submit and surrender to that. Or like foolish man, like Romans says, we end up 
worshiping the cre- the creation rather than the creator. I'm going to touch on that right now as well before we go to the next question. So worshiping, you know, the creation. So that's talking about, you know, there's people that actually uh, it's a whole new worship age the trees. Thing. It's yeah. new age. You know, yeah. they get the stones, the shockers, they put them on their body, yeah. the stones. Yeah. God created the stones. Okay, there's mm-hmm. nothing, there's nothing uh, spiritual about the stones. Mm-hmm. They're rocks. They're cool looking. Mm-hmm. The priests actually used to wear them on their breastplate mm-hmm. back in the Old Testament. Yeah. And he even talks about in heaven, if you go to Revelations, it talks about heaven, how uh, the streets are made of gold, the... Uh, the rivers are made of glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think there's, I don't know, I, I'd have to read through it to get all the details much, again. Yeah. Yeah. But basically it talks about the stones, but the priests used to wear it on their, on their chest plate. But um, people that worship the trees or, you know, the stars or the moon and all that stuff. It's like God is the one that created all that stuff. So why do they worship that stuff instead of worship the one that actually created it? Yeah. And that's what, just what happens mm-hmm. to the, the minds of people. Yeah. They want to. The minds are futile, the Bible says. Yeah, yeah. so cool. All right, guys. Next question. So what are some things that you guys do in your personal lives to get closer to God? Put stones on our body. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's just go through that. Go Each one. Go ahead and start. I start my day off with eating glazed donuts and get really close to the Lord. This is true. <laughs> Um, I think that for me... You put glazed donuts like on your body, like the chakra? <laughs> <laughs> like donuts? Um, I think prayer. Prayer is, <laughs> prayer is vital. Prayer is important. I get a lot of very busy in life, and I, I need to have that time where I, I'm set apart. Um, I get up before my kids get up or before my wife gets up and you know start my day. Because once the day, if I sleep in, before you know it, the house is already going. I got to get... Uh, uh, to the ministry, so I need that time set alone be- before. What time me, do you get up? I get up about four thirty-five. Holy moly! Every day, about five o'clock. Next level. Do you, do you get better? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! You guys are crazy. <laughs> okay. Well, I get up. You know, get up. I pray, read a little bit, go to the gym. So okay, wait, wait. Like you get okay. Tell me this. So you get up and yeah. you pray. What? Like you just? Uh, do you have a office to go to your office? I usually go downstairs. Okay. You go downstairs in my house. So, okay. so I'll pray for the day. Coffee. I don't. I don't drink coffee no more in the morning, dude. Sorry. I, I love to, <laughs> dude. My stomach's all messed up. I know. No, then that's why I get up in the morning, and it's like I'm not saying that I'm praying for hours on yeah, end. Yeah. You know, it is starting my day. It's being just talking to God. It's just yeah. talking to God, being thankful for all that He's given to me to go before me. You know, pray a little bit, read. Sometimes I will read a devotional book. And then uh, I'll go to the gym, hang out. A lot of times I'm listening to studies. I like being alone. Sometimes it's me driving in a car. Sometimes I don't like any music on. I don't like any uh, Bible study on yeah. where I can just kind of speak to God because I get a lot of noise, a lot of distractions sometimes in my daily life. So for me, most important time is prayer. Then it is obviously getting into the Word. Um, and just when the Bible says pray without ceasing, it just means have a... a, a heart of prayer it's like when i'm like about to go down to a situation like i'm just praying in my heart lord grant me wisdom in this thing lord i'm stressed out right now lord just go before me um i think that the big thing is discipline when you look at the word of discipleship or disciples mm-hmm. that it's linked to discipline mm-hmm. a disciple of christ is someone that's disciplined um and reading and praying and drawing near to the lord is it has to be with a purpose you gotta make a decision because if you don't, the world will dictate to you how your day is going to go. And you can get overwhelmed very easily. Uh, I would just say that for me, it is making it a priority to draw closer to God. Not just hoping, hoping it fits in for the day, but making a purpose 
decision to draw close to God. All right. We have a minute and a half left. We better come back to you after the break. Yeah. So let me plug a couple of things. That's good stuff right there. So, you know, after the break, I want to definitely talk about um, this question because I have a different perspective on things as well. You have a different perspective of how you do things. And mm-hmm. everyone is uh, – I was just listening to a uh, uh, pastor's perspective yesterday, and they were just talking about – one guy was like, man, you know, you read about these people, and they're like, man, they prayed for like six hours. He's like, dude, I, was like, I have ADD. If I try to pray for six hours, I will fall asleep. I can't do – I can't keep my mind focused. So it's different for every person. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I want to share like how I do it, too. It's a little bit different than you, and mm-hmm. you're going to have a different operation. There's no uh, certain pattern. But the only thing that is certain is that you have to be dedicated to get it done. That's the only thing that is certain for everybody. So before we uh, go to the break, I want you guys to uh, email us or social media us your questions to the whosoevers or hit us up on thewhosoevers.com. Check out our products. We have a new shoe slip-on that's out. Lucas is wearing it in studio. Black with a little all-over print on the side. It's sick. It funds our movement. Step into revival. Uh, Blessed are the feet that bring the gospel, and we are bringing the gospel to the public school system. Uh, Hit us up if you want us to come out to your local schools or your churches. Hit us up at thewhosoevers.com. And um, please do send your questions because... It's always amazing to be in studio and check out the questions. I got Sean McKeon and Wade O'Neill. They're pastors over here at Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar. using the hashtag live Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say... Now, back to live with Ryan Reese. Don't say we didn't warn you. Loud noises! All right, right before the break, we were talking with Wade O'Neill and uh, Sean McKeon about um, what they do in their life to get closer to God, right? That was the question? Yeah, that's the question. Let's read it again. Where's the question? All right. What are some things that you guys do in your personal lives to get closer to God? That was the question. And uh, right before the break, Sean was talking about what he did. He would uh, wake up, talk to God, pray, you know, not for hours, just kind of talk to him and thank him for what he's done in his life and what he's doing. And then you, uh, you go to the gym. What would you do? You, uh, you're just working out, listening to a study? Or sometimes listening to a study. Um, sometimes just chilling. You know, again, some, sometimes I need silence. You know, I yeah. don't know about you guys. I don't yeah. always like listening to music. I don't always like listening to studies. Yeah. Um, but I will listen to Chuck or I'll listen to Skip or whatever yeah. on my way in sometimes. Yeah. It makes me just like kind of meditate on the scripture, yeah. kind of praying like what I'm going to teach that week if I, if I have some teachings coming up. Mm-hmm thinking about what my day looks like, praying for my, my family. That's how I um, do things like that where it's very practical. Mm-hmm. And that's why like a relationship with God isn't just based upon a facility, a church building. 
You know, and I think this is where people get it twisted sometimes, like where people only read their Bible when they're on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Or they only make it like, okay, we're praying together as one in the community yeah. and not making it in their daily practical life. Because if you don't make it in your daily practical life, then it just becomes religion. It becomes a ritual. You know, you just come in on Sunday morning or whatever day and then you pick it back up the next Sunday. You're never going to grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have an opportunity. When you hear that word, or we hear that phrase, God has called us to a personal relationship with Him. It really does mean that, a personal relationship. It's you and Him. When you give an account of your life, you're not standing next to your pastor, like for me with Raul Reese. You're not standing by Chuck Smith. You are giving account of your life to the Lord yourself. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that as you live on this life that God has given to you, that you are communicating. And to develop a relationship, it all starts with communication. A lot of people that live in fear, live in doubt, live in condemnation, a lot of times um, are unaware or you know get blinded by the deceitfulness of the enemy yeah. to know that the Lord wants us to have assurance in Him. That when you abide in Christ and when you're connected to the vine, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's why the daily practical lessons of reading, praying, you know, and just being connected to the Lord to me is so important. I think that's the key to you know, the question being spiritual growth. I mean, if we, as Sean was saying, we're called to this loving relationship with the Lord. If we only hung out with our wife once a week on Sunday, mm-hmm. we'd have some problems in our marriage, mm-hmm. right? So the Lord has called us to this level of intimacy where we're literally walking with Him daily. It's what the Bible calls walking in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, every day we have this battle with the flesh and the spirit. They, they, they war against each other, the Bible says. And if we're not feeding the spirit, we're not going to be walking in the spirit. If we're not in the word and reading and praying and, and living a life and an attitude of just relationship with God, um, then, then we're never going to experience a spiritual growth. And, Sean, one of the things you hit on I think is so important that hinders spiritual growth is people's um, confusion about God's love for them. You know, the enemy plays. I, I work with, with young people a lot here, and the amount of people that live in condemnation is crazy. The enemy plays such a condemning game that, that, put, that you can't, the Lord doesn't love you, and you can't, and you can't talk to him, and you can't walk, walk with him, and you can't experience his love because you messed up yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not true. You know, the Bible says that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And what I like to, to tell people is that salvation doesn't just mean the subtraction of your sins, but it also means the addition of the righteousness of God upon your life. And that, that's, that's what the Bible teaches is justification. So you, you are right with God. You don't have to do more right to get more right with God. You don't get more right with God. You are right with God because of the work that Christ did on the cross. So you enjoy this 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 relationship with God. And so I think you have to start there, understanding that the Lord has called you into a loving relationship with Him, mm-hmm. and He wants to walk with you. And then you begin to pray about what are these disciplines you want me to partake in as a believer. For everyone, every, it's going to look different. People's schedules are different. For me, it has to be early morning. It has to be uh, living in a life of prayer throughout my day. At times, get finding an alone place to just... Mm-hmm. pray you know and to get away from from people so um but it has to start there it has to start with a, just the confidence that you know god loves you mm-hmm. and you know that god has called you into a relationship with himself so the listeners that are hearing this you're thinking okay well how does that fit into my life or how could i get this done for me i think the same thing because 
my life is very uh, it changes a lot because of all the different things I'm involved with. So I don't have like I don't have a set schedule where I get up and go to work every day Monday through Friday at a certain time because my schedule I could be in Hollywood one day I could be on a plane the next day I could be in San Diego the next day I could be doing a counseling appointment in Laguna Beach I'm I'm always moving and shaking around different places meeting with people so now I'm going you know if I just had a set schedule it's so easy just to every morning I'm going to do it like this so what I what I do is I go okay where how can i get in the word of god because it has to be in the morning too like i agree with you by night i'm fried yeah for sure after just like emails and phone calls and counseling Mm -hmm. or talking to people or uh you know then you have your wife and you have the kids the kids you're frazzled (laughs) once the kids kick in you're done you're like where's bed (laughs) (laughs) by the end by the end of uh trying after bedtime for sure for sure (laughs) because there is no bedtime they just run around and then they're Uh, in your bed dude yeah exactly you wake up they're in your bed (laughs) but um so i try to do it uh so i go okay what am i what am i doing so what i do now is i'm i go to the skate park like three to four times a week in the in the morning just depending on my schedule i just kind of try to do it right when i get up go to the skate park so what i do is um and and I'm actually right now I'm in a situation where I have a, a back injury I'm working out so every morning I have to I have to do all these stretches so now I'm like okay cool I get up I I get my coffee sorry Sean um, <laughs> I wake up I get my coffee and then I I go straight to my room and I start stretching as I'm doing the stretches I have a K Wave Bible study I have the K Wave uh, you know like a, a teaching station on. So I'm going through through the studies. I'm getting like McGee. I'm getting like yeah. uh, Greg Laurie if it's later in the afternoon, or I don't know. There's uh, there's that other English guy on there Alistair too. Bag. Alistair Bag yeah. heard him this morning, but um, so I'm hearing these studies as I'm just getting my stretch on. So I already I have to stretch in the morning. So I'm studying at the same time. Then from there, then I'd get in the car and on my way to the skate park. I'm going through, I have like a, you know, depend on if I'm going through whatever, whoever I'm listening to at the time, whatever Bible studies I'm going through, I get on the study and I'm, I'm listening to a Bible study on the way there and the way back. So therefore already, I already heard, dude, I've already heard like a certain amount of Bible studies and I have like a little devotion that I do. I have like three different devotion books that I read in the morning and then read a Psalm. So all that's already done. So I've already exercised, stretched, exercised. And studied all in the morning, dude. So I'm ready to, I'm fired up at that point. So you, you're getting up, you're praying, you're doing your thing, and then you're going to the gym. So I'm a skater. I don't go to the gym. So that's that's my way to do it. Or if I'm going to go surfing, I do it like that. But then there was another time, like years ago, when I hurt my back. Um, the first time I hurt my back when I turned 40. Uh, the, you know, the, the day actually I went on my first date with Crystal. Um, I hurt my back bad. That was the beginning of this whole situation. But what happened at that time is I couldn't skate anymore and I couldn't work out because my back injury. So what I started doing is every morning I would get up and I would walk because I wanted to stay active. So I started going to through Laguna Hills and I started walking and I would listen to like, I'd walk for like two hours, uh, get exercise in nature, yeah. being out there with no one, listening to Bible studies. And I was going through the Bible like that. And then at the, in the middle of my, my walk, I'd end up in this, this cave area and I'd go in there. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not like a full cave, but it was just under this big rock. And I would take my headphones out and I'd sit there in quiet in nature and I'd listen to God and I would pray. And God would speak to me there in those, mm. in those places. Not only speaking to me through the Bible studies I was listening to mm. in that time, but then when I would speak to him, sometimes he wouldn't speak to me. 
you know, audibly, but th- then there's a lot of times he did speak to me audibly. So I'm just saying there's different scenarios. Yeah. You can incorporate studies into chill time. Like sometimes what I did, like, you know, uh, yesterday I, I was writing my book in the morning. So, dude, by the time I was done, my mind was fried from like, I'm not a good like reader, speller, yeah. you know, any of that stuff. So that stuff drives me nuts. But then I was at a place, you know, around lunchtime. So I grabbed some fruit. I went up to my pool and I put my headphones in and I was listening to Bible studies, chilling by the yeah. pool for like an hour. And then I came back. I was out in nature, listening to my studies. Then I came back and then I, I got back on the f- emails to do phone calls and all those things. There's, there's, so there's ways to, to do things in, in these times. So you can still do fun stuff. Yeah. But yet you can still listen. Because if you see, listen to studies, if you get a bomb pastor that you're psyched on, yeah. dude, you can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's easy. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're, this is another thing that's, that's, that's crucial. If you're going to a church and you think the pastor sucks, yeah. you don't like the way he teaches and you're bored, switch churches. Yeah. There's so many different pastors. There's different styles that you might like, you know? So you got to find a, a pastor that you enjoy listening to. And then guess what? Guaranteed that pastor has a podcast. <coughs> he has studies on his website. And dude, if you if he if he's really speaking to you, you're going to continue to find time. Because once you get on that program and you're, you're growing in the faith, because faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God, which we talked about earlier... As you get pressed into these studies, what happens is you just can't get enough of them. And you'll get fired up, you'll grow, and you just want to continue to go through chapter through chapter through book through book, right? Yeah, and we're talking about really of making the choice of what we choose to put into our minds. You know, so yeah. if you're you're choosing to listen to studies, well, you're feeding the spirit, so the spirit's gonna want to be fed. You're it's all everything you're saying is you're walking with the Lord. You're you're, you're putting studies on, you're listening to studies, you want to grow in this relationship with the Lord. And so there's a lot of people who um, have a question about growing spiritually. Well, examine your life, that, the things that are not building you up, and begin to replace those with Bible studies. Begin to replace those with times alone with the Lord. Replace those times where you're driving in your car, where you're listening to a, a podcast or about the Lord or, or whatever, you know. But you're talking about like being intentional about feeding your mind with the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go back yeah. to the churches that you go to. You want to definitely go to a church that's spirit-filled because you can go sit in yeah. front of a guy that has a lot of information. You know, these pastors mm-hmm. I was talking about, I was like, yeah. you can go to guys that have a lot of information and if there's no anointing upon him or the Holy Spirit working through him, you're going to be bored out of your mind. It's going to be like a lecture mm-hmm. and it's boring. You want someone that sits and meditates on the word of God, as the Bible says, yeah. The, his mind gets renewed. The thought process of God downloads in him through the work of the Holy Spirit. And then God gives him that message for this particular date. So when he shows up, God's going to pour out through him. And, and, and it, that message is going to be alive. Yeah. You know, then you got other uh, pastors that just don't even teach the Bible. They just have a bunch of good one-liners and a good bunch of uh, motivational, motivational speaking, speaking stuff. Yeah. That stuff ain't going to get you anywhere. I guarantee it. If you're listening to a bunch of motivational speaking pastors right now, Guarantee you're like your life hasn't changed <laughs> because hey go get the world it's yours right. well that doesn't really work with reality for sure for sure <laughs> I mean that's a great motivation but you need the work of the Holy Spirit and you need God's guidance in you to open doors 
And then when God closes doors, you got to know it's him closing the door and he's going to move you to the next door. And that's only going to come through knowing the word of God. So that's what I mean by getting in front of the right pastor. If you're not getting fed there spiritually, find someone that's going to actually feed you and get you going. For sure. All right. Cool. All right. Next question. Is it okay to be a Christian and smoke weed? Huh? <laughs> well, it depends what state you're in. No, 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 that's not true. Um, you know, hey, we're jokers on this show, okay, guys? You know, don't, don't take only, – only when we're talking about Jesus stuff and God stuff, take that serious. The other stuff, don't. Like the donut chakra. Yeah, I don't really eat donuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what was the question? Can you smoke weed and be a Christian? Well, we've talked about uh, – actually, I don't even want to get into that subject right now. But um, – no, who wants to hit this? You, Wade. Do you want to do that? Sure. Um, uh, the answer is no. You can't live in a life of, of sin, right? You can't be entangled again. with. We should, the Bible talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 5, I believe it's verses 16 through 18, uh, do not be drunk with wine, uh, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the idea is you, you don't want to be filled with anything that is mind-altering, um, that is going to inhibit your ability to walk in the power of the Spirit of God. That's why they call different alcohol spirits, because you're under the control of something else. And as a believer, you want to be controlled uh, by the Holy Spirit. Um, now, is that to say that people who give their life to Christ on a Sunday and are still struggling the next uh, day, um, are they damned to hell because they slipped up? I, I don't believe so. Um, I think there's people that that grow, as we were talking about, about in their their Christ-likeness, their sanctification, but we should, as we grow in the Lord, we should experience uh, the power of the Lord giving us victory over these areas of our life. And one of the things that, that Ryan was talking about earlier is the reality of the call of God. You were saved for a purpose, and you're not going to fulfill that purpose apart from the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, giving you victory over sin, revealing the gifts of the Spirit to your life, allowing you to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And now you're living a life of, of purpose. You're, you're living a life of relationship with God and wanting to be used by Him. And if, and if you're smoking weed, and I know when I used to smoke a lot of weed, I wasn't thinking about anything else but chilling and right. <laughs> I was world, looking for know? tacos and donuts <laughs> donuts <laughs> at 2 in the morning <laughs> with milk by in love for that donut place oh, yeah. that they make them fresh yep dude I'm telling you that I don't smoke no more <laughs> <laughs> but and nor do I live in love for <laughs> when, when your spirit I mean you want to be entangled again, the Bible says, with a yoke of bondage. You want to be, the Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And if you have to smoke weed or if you have to drink, you're not free. You're bound. Exactly. You're a slave. Hey, and I got to go, go ahead. Okay. I'm going to read something after. The, the thing you got to think about is what the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Yeah. You know? Um, there's freedom not to do those things which once brought you into bondage because you've been given the power not to have to do those things through the, the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're having these cravings for them and you need it, well, you're not free. Right. Yep. So, okay, I got a question for you, King James mm-hmm. Version. Mm-hmm. And God said, Behold, I've given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in the which of the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you shall be for meat mm-hmm. so people use that verse yeah god gave us every seed uh, yeah. on the earth mm-hmm. and herb yeah. weed herb what do you say about that um 
because that's what they're going to come at. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously poisonous plants that we don't consume either. <laughs> you know, we're not sitting there eating um, stuff that plants are eat poison eat. oak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that's the exact uh, plant I was thinking about. You're not sitting there munching on poison oak yeah. either. You know, so. Um, we've been given dominion over these things, right? And so with dominion, we've been given power of choice and the wisdom to know what is beneficial and what is not uh, beneficial. And and the focus of that in in Genesis really has to do with with food to eat and and vegetables and all that kind of stuff too. Um, But man, you can really stretch it far to try to justify it. I think the thing, why this question gets brought up so much is because our culture that's ever-changing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, all of us grew up you know, smoking weed, you know, a lot back Speed in the day, <laughs> a lot back in the day. And, uh, you know, if you got busted with a certain amount of weed, you're busted, dude. You're, yeah. going, you're going to jail. Hey, uh, tell me about that time when in, our, in my bus. Which one? I have a few. Well, you might, have, you might as well drop a weed story. Uh, weed. Well, I just remember getting busted multiple times. You no, know. in your house, in the oh, bus. With, with my dad? It's like a chimney? With my dad? Oh, no, the cops. I, I know that one, but there's like four. There's I like almost five. went to jail. <laughs> Yes. I had to go to court, actually. Yes, yes. We were we were parked over in the apartments that we were, were at, and the, we were in a Volkswagen bus, and the my smoke's Volkswagen coming out bus. Like a it, was a, it was a, it was a, it was a bubble top brown. We called it the Brown Hornet. Yeah, and it had like a screen where you go like this. Yeah, you know where you you turn it like this, so it opens up like this because there's a camper. But I didn't have that top camper part. So the smoke was just coming out the in the parking hornet. lot of his apartments, and the cop all of a sudden yes. we hear a knock. And we opened it up, and this was like Fast Times in Virginia High. You open the bus yeah. door, and it was like, and dude, they just cops with lights. I, I got, I got, so, it. I got so many, but I did another dumb one over there. In the but you know what? Hey, they didn't open the fridge. We were all under eighteen. That's right. And they didn't. They or we were. They we were under twenty one. They didn't open the fridge with all the beer inside. Yeah. So we didn't get busted for the beer either. I I had a total stoner moment. I had multiple stoner moments, but one. I had my, my bus hotbox on the side of this, like, residential street, and all of a sudden, like, lights just shine through the whole door. I'm with my girlfriend's younger brother and uh, his friend, and the whole, the whole car was just, like, smoked. Get out of the door, and the smoke just comes billowing out. How I got out of that, I, amazing. I got out of that, that ticket somehow. But, um, again, back then... It's a big crime. Today, it's changed a lot. Guys that used to smell, sell weed back in the day, you get busted, you go to prison. Now you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, in our world today. That's why now, all of our friends are entrepreneurs. Yeah, now you're an entrepreneur <laughs> and you're doing all this crazy stuff, which is, it's changed. But just because it's legal in the state's eyes doesn't mean that it's right before God's eyes. Um, and a lot of times when you're looking at stuff, you're looking at like a small survey of stuff. You know, we're looking at data of just the last few years of the the impact of marijuana, and people are just kind of gleaning towards these things. And you can, you know, when I, when I knew some of the stuff was a racket, when one of my buddies that works concerts all the time was it, like many years ago, six, seven years ago, was like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like at the Cypress Hill concert, they had this roped off section for all those that had medical, medical marijuana cards. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're definitely they handicapped and sick. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. At a Cypress they all, Hill they, concert. They all look very sick. <laughs> all right. So with that said, I met with uh, the, uh, an, an Orange County sheriff, and he told me that there is all this, um, uh, uh, what's it called, like research that's coming out that shows Kids that are under 18 that have been smoking the weed because the content of the it's weed nowadays, man. well, we used to smoke it. I don't remember the numbers because this meeting was like a year ago. Right. But 
say if the number back then was like, say if our weed was like 8%, you know, THC or 13%, something like that. Now it's like 80 something percent. So because of the, the levels of THC now, what it's doing is it's causing um, schizophrenia and bipolar. It's, it's activating this in the minds because the minds are de- – the, the brain's developing with the penile gland still. Mm-hmm. And because it's not fully developed to you're like 24 to 26-ish, mm-hmm. uh, the high contents of THC now is they're, they're seeing uh, a rise of schizophrenia and people being bipolar. From yeah. marijuana, medical marijuana. Do not touch that. I want to go to First Peter uh, 5 and 6. It says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God so that – at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him. People smoke weed and drink because they have anxieties. Because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, uh, ad- what's that? Adversary. Adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, lion looking to whom he can devour. Seeking someone he can devour. So... This is a great verse for this whole get high or getting drunk and stuff. Humble yourself. Give all your anxieties to God. Cast them to him. Just give them to him. Throw them at him because he cares for you. Be sober. Be watchful because the devil comes to hunt Mm -hmm. and to kill you. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants to do. If you're not thinking straight, you're not sober-minded, dude, the enemy is going to take you out. For sure. Take you out. It's like when you see like someone come in with a knife or a gun into a bar. Everyone's drunk, and all of a sudden the guy just starts stabbing everyone, shooting everyone, and the reaction's so, so slow. slow yeah. Everyone just gets taken out because they're not sober-minded. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They don't feel it. They don't see it. So um, let's see. we got three minutes left. Let's go ahead and do another one. All right. I got a good one for you guys. It says, why did God create flies? I feel like they are pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I hate flies. Why do they? I don't know. You know, well, you were the one. You were getting breaking down everything with nature. I just said they have nature. cool eyes. <laughs> yeah. They look cool. Go ahead. Because they reveal the glory of God. <laughs> they reveal the glory of God. <laughs> because their uh, eyes. I don't know. I, I, blood suckers. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard Pastor Chuck even talk about how, how crazy it is at how, how their wings how fast their wings go and yeah. the the amount of are you looking now, at me I'm, like I'm, I'm waiting to see what you're gonna say, man. Tell us about flies. The way, anyways, I'm back back, back to your point. It points back to the glory of God. I don't know. Hey, fly, hey, but seriously, look at a fly though. Like, like look at a close look at a fly. The way they're designed, even like they have like these like hairs and stuff come off their legs. Like the whole like just the whole design of them, dude. They're 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 they're. I, one day I went. I got on. I was watching uh, Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ, yeah. and The Case for Science, and I was watching all these. You know these documentaries he has, and the case for creation. So I started just googling all these photos of animals and creatures and insects. The most intriguing was the uh, the insect stuff for yeah. sure. They like the crazy. They come from outer space. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, so. it's a, a trip. You know, I, I I did look up the stuff with um, flies a little bit, and this is one of the things is they they take away garbage, they eat garbage and stuff like that. So you know, there's all everything has a purpose. You know, and I think that goes back to once again that we have this magnificent creator who is the Lord himself, that even these things that we seem like are, you know, a hindrance to us or something you don't like, all of them have a purpose, from flies to bees to sharks in the ocean. Okay, what are the purpose of flies? Are insects that play an important role in agriculture 
in the food chain and in plowing flowers or po- yes pollinating flowers. Pollinating. See, I can't even read pollinating. Wait, pollinating flowers flies? <laughs> I don't know. Keep going. That says bees, man. It says flies. flies. Oh, the second, the second. But one. flies play a key role You're in right. pollinating flowers as well. They visit flowers to eat nectar and lay eggs, mm. and they travel from flower to flower. They carry pollen on their feet. We answered the question. <laughs> Google. That- <laughs> this has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.